G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. But I do want to give a little warning to parents who may have children around. A good time to shield little ears from some of the issues that we may well talk about in our conversation today. Uh, So do take that advice. Uh, We'll be getting into some controversial territory, no doubt. Now, you might even be a little stunned, as I was, by the news that two drag queen performers are using the court system to protest a recent article written by Christian and family activist Lyle Shelton. Now, it might be another example of how the courts have become weapons to be used against the Christian voice, even the Christian church. Now, you'll know Lyle Shelton best for his leadership of the Australian Christian Lobby and as the leading spokesman in the No campaign leading up to Australia's marriage plebiscite. Well, since leaving the Australian Christian Lobby, Lyle Shelton has had a tilt at trying to win a Senate seat with the Australian Conservatives, And now he's back in the spotlight again with the release of his new book called I Kid You Not. And in the most recent developments, after an appearance before the Queensland Human Rights Commission, the two drag queens are escalating their action against him to another court called the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal, or QCAT, where their case will be heard before a judge. Now, the controversy is over whether or not... Lyle Shelton should be allowed to say why drag queens are not for kids. Now, if you know Lyle Shelton, he's not one to back down. And he's going to be joining us through this coming hour to unpack some of these developments. Now, I do want to say to listeners today, you can watch our conversation on Facebook Live. There is a Facebook Live that's happening over this next hour. Uh, You'll be able to access that at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Also on today's Facebook question, there's one that says, do you think publicly funded libraries are an appropriate place for drag queen performers to read stories to children? So take advantage of the opportunity. You can see into our studio live. So welcome to everyone who's joining us now right around Australia. In fact, probably some people beyond our shores as well, welcoming uh, into our conversation. Uh, Lyle Shelton, our special guest. Lyle, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Lyle, let me just start with uh, the Queensland Human Rights Commission. You had an appearance before this commission just a couple of weeks ago, and the goal of that sort of appearance is some sort of conciliation between these two drag queens that have taken you to the uh, Human Rights Commission, Uh, but clearly there was no conciliation on the day. No, that's right, Neil. Uh, This is a legal process. Uh, I got correspondence in the mail a couple of months ago compelling me to go along to the Queensland Human Rights Commission. As my lawyer said to me, uh, the Human Rights Commission uh, walks lightly but carries a big stick. And uh, you have to go, you have to front up to conciliation. And this is all because, as you said in your intro, uh, a couple of drag queens took exception uh, to public commentary I'd made about why I think uh, drag queens reading to little children uh, are dangerous role models. And so the use of a court like the Queensland Human Rights Commission, the idea of that is to, in some ways, as you say, wield a big stick and say, OK, Lyle Shelton, time for you to uh, bow the knee in some sense here and, uh, and make an apology. And you refuse to do that. Yeah, well, well that's right. The official, uh, I guess, uh, outcome was a, f- a failure to conciliate. But I guess just to take a step back, uh, this whole process is triggered by the Anti-Discrimination Act of of 1991, uh, which um, outlaws uh, things like uh, vilification, uh, inciting hatred, uh, very vague subjective terms. But they've been used over the years, not not a lot, but occasionally, and we're, we're seeing more and more of these cases, particularly since... Uh, same-sex marriage uh, came came about. Uh, it's it's 
These laws have been weaponized. Uh, they've been used by LGBTIQA plus political activists to silence free speech. So if they can claim that something that's been said in public commentary, which they find offensive or, or, or they don't like, they will then conflate that as some sort of vilification or incitement to hatred, when really what people like me are trying to do is draw attention to things which are inappropriate uh, for children and even dangerous uh, for children, particularly when you put up role models who uh, promote gender fluidity, um, some who come with hypersexualized personas in their, their sort of drag queen personas. Uh, they, these are not the sort of role models that I think mainstream Australians uh, would want placed before their children in a public library um, with the imprimatur of um, the likes of the Brisbane City Council. But but this is happening all over the country and it's really gathered steam since the same-sex marriage debate. Well, Lyle Shelton, I know that some people would say, well, if Lyle Shelton can be drawn before the Queensland Human Rights Commission and then taken on to the QCAT, if that can happen to you because you're being outspoken about what we'd understand as pretty standard biblical values about family and about sexuality, well, what would be stopping anyone being dragged before the same sort of tribunal? Uh, is this something that, is this an at- intimidation tactic? Is this something that Christians and Christian leaders ought to be afraid of? Uh, well, it's something we should all be very concerned about uh, because what um, this political movement is trying to do, uh, given that it's it's got you know, the law behind it, very flawed laws, which were, you know, really set as traps by uh, activists some years ago and, and amended in recent years to include things like gender identity. So that if you criticise the idea that, you know, gender is fluid, which is obviously what the LGBTIQ movement is trying to now impose on children. We've seen this through the so-called Safe Schools program. Now we're seeing it through so-called Drag Queen story time. So, Things like gender identity are now triggers under the law. Uh, if you criticise that, they can claim some sort of offence and hurt, uh, vilification and, and conflate that in a way that um, scares people into thinking, well, if, if I talk about this, then I could be dragged off to uh, a human rights commission or then to a tribunal um, where a judge you know, could confine you, which is, which is what could happen to me uh, if this process uh, continues down the track. That uh, that it's going, um, so it, it is very much anti-free speech. It's it's stopping you know public interest commentary uh, on on whether or not it, it is harmful for a child to be exposed to uh, role models who promote the idea that gender is fluid and therefore that they might need to go on to experimental treatments like puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, or ultimately um, surgery. And uh, there's been a handful of cases of, of, of girls under the age of 17 who have had their breasts removed because of this gender confusion and wanting to present uh, like boys. And, and there's, there's a, a big debate going on in this nation about the appropriateness of that. And yet the Brisbane City Council is happy to put uh, gender fluid role models in front of little children. Well, let's come back to the story of why you wrote the article in the first place. Take us back to your motivations there. Some people might be saying, well, isn't Lyle Shelton just being, you know, uh, uh, sensationalist? Isn't he just wanting another headline? Isn't he just uh, signalling to his followers that, hey, he's still there and still is a force to be reckoned with? Take us back to your motivations on writing the article. Well, I guess it even goes back to um, the the marriage campaign and, and to my, my years campaigning at ACL, we said during the marriage campaign that if marriage was redefined in law, that the next phase that the activists would move would be to indoctrinating children. We said that. Now, the Yes campaign said we were lying. They said that was nonsense. They said that all that gay marriage was about was just the love of two people. Stop trying to bring red herrings into the debate. Well, here we are less than three years down the track and what is the LGBTIQA political activists trying to do? They're trying to indoctrinate children with gender fluid ideology and with you know hypersexualized role models. Uh, so my motivation when I heard that drag queen story time was occurring in Brisbane City Council Library uh, in uh, January of this year, I, I saw it on social media and I thought, well, this is exactly what we said was going to happen. And uh, I felt it was important to to make some commentary on it. I, I keep a blog running, which gets quite a bit of traffic to it. But um, but Neil, you know, that particular circumstance um, came to my attention on social media because a, a very courageous group of young Liberal National Party uh, members from the University of Queensland went and mounted a protest in the library. Uh, and, and they 
politely but firmly chanted, drag queens are not for kids. And this appeared on social media. I saw that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, tragically, the next day, the leader of that group of young people, Wilson Gavin, uh, after uh, a bunch of gay activists and, and other leading figures from the political left in Australia piled on in the most vicious, vitriolic social media trolling of him uh, overnight, uh, he took himself to the Chelmer railway station uh, very early the next morning and threw himself in front of a train and, and, and killed himself. Now, uh, I went to his funeral the week later um, on, at Clifton on the Darling Downs. It was unspeakably sad. So I felt like um, I felt like what these young people had done was incredibly brave. They did it because of a failure of leaders to protect children and protect our wider society from harmful ideology. And I felt that something needed to be said. And so I researched um, what had happened that day and I wrote about that on my blog. And that, of course, triggered uh, legal action against me. And, of course, how that whole incident in the library was framed, uh, the idea that somehow or other a group came in and uh, were making children fearful as they were listening to the story time, uh, what are your, what's your take on, on how that all came, came about? Well, none of that is present on the mobile phone video that made its way onto social media. So what you see is a, a group of um, very you know, respectful young people chanting, yeah, clearly and firmly, drag queens are not for kids. Now, Neil, if I'd have known about that protest, I probably would have gone along myself because that should never have happened. I've spoken to some of the participants uh, there. They said they didn't go into the room where the little children were. They confronted the drag queen, um, and you can see one of them in a, in a, in a uh, respectful but firm confrontation outside of where the children were. Now, I think because of the failure of leaders uh, to to stop this sort of thing, um, I think, sadly, that sort of protest has become necessary to draw attention to uh, the, the further encroachment and indoctrination of children into harmful ideology. Lyle, how do we judge the mood of Australians right now on this whole issue? And so many of our listeners today will remember that you did clearly warn that this was likely to happen in the campaign. And people were saying, why is he talking about the transgender agenda when everyone's talking about homosexuals getting married? What's the mood of Australians today uh, when it comes to this issue? Is it likely to be the idea of what we began to talk about on this program, the idea of a rollover culture? where people are just sort of rolling over and letting stuff happen. What are your thoughts on the mood of the nation? Look, I think people felt during the 2017 marriage plebiscite overwhelmed. Um, it, it was this juggernaut of um, positive publicity about uh, so-called marriage equality, love is love. Uh, no one wanted to be a bigot. Um, so Australians waved it through. Um, there was virtually no truth told by the media. I, I, I mean, we're seeing the fruit of the lies now. I believe the mood of the nation would be very different if the truth could be told to them. And, and as much as Vision Radio is terrific um, and, and so important, our mainstream media are doing a massive disservice. Um, we have fake news where people are not told the facts. And I think if people, I think if the average mum and dad knew what uh, these drag queens represented, the the ideology, um, the the uh, things that they want children to understand about gender and about sexuality, I think most mums and dads in Australia uh, would take a dim view of that. Um, so somehow the truth has got to get out there and I think the mood of the nation would very much turn against uh, the direction where we've gone along with rainbow political ideology. Um, I think there'll be a lot of buyer's remorse at uh, having said yes to so-called marriage equality because that's not what we were buying back in 2017. We were buying a much more sinister agenda and that's playing out right now. Well, Lyle Shelton is our guest and we'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. And I'm going to ask Lyle about what drag queens represent because if we think this is just a fun activity, it may go a little deeper than that. We'll come back in just a few moments. A reminder to listeners who might be just joining us, today you can actually not just listen, but you can look, because Facebook Live is happening right now. If you go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash vision radio, you'll be able to click on that link there and you'll be able to see what's happening face-to-face -face in the studio as our special guest is Lyle Shelton. We're back with more in just a few moments. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 
Just wonderful to have you with us on this Friday edition of 2020. I do want to remind you, you can not only listen to our conversation today, you can watch on Facebook Live. Just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio, and you'll be able to see what's going on right here in the studio, where our special guest is Lyle Shelton. And as I said earlier, he had an appearance before the human, the Queensland Human Rights Commission just a couple of weeks ago. There is a dispute with a couple of drag queens over issues of drag queens reading stories for children in public libraries. And that's been escalated now to a new level in court. And uh, this new level in court, uh, let me just ask you about levels in court, because sometimes this is confusing, Lyle. Uh, the, The conciliation process that happens at the Queensland Human Rights Commission Going on now to QCAT, the Administrative uh, and Tribunal, uh, and then where would it go from there if if nothing's resolved when you have this latest appearance? Yeah, well, uh, from the tribunal, uh, we would probably go to a, a a real court, if I could use that terminology. Um, uh, I don't want to trivialise this process, but. In my view, um, these laws are deeply flawed and we have a kangaroo court type process going on where people like me are forced to go to the Human Rights Commission and then along to a a tribunal where a judge hears it. Uh, If we lose there, uh, we will most certainly uh, appeal and that would put us in the um, Supreme Court of Queensland. Um, Now, that's very serious and that's, you know, whole other levels of, of legality. Already it's cost thousands and thousands of dollars just to go through the uh, Queensland Human Rights Commission process, uh, and now we've got to raise tens of thousands of dollars uh, to go to QCAT. Um, my opponents are being backed by the LGBT Legal Service, and uh, I checked on their website and, and read their annual report. Uh, in the last three financial years, they have received $400,000 from the pockets of Queensland taxpayers. So this is taxpayer-funded litigation to squash uh, my freedom of speech and by extension the freedom of speech of mums and dads everywhere who are concerned about where the LGBTIQA plus political agenda is taking their children. Okay, so is it true that it could cost you uh, or your supporters somewhere in the vicinity sixty to a hundred thousand dollars just getting through the QCAT level? Yes, that's right. That's what I've been advised, um, and and uh, already it's cost us thousands of dollars, uh, more than ten thousand um, dollars, just to go to the um, the Queensland Human Rights Commission. I'm I'm being represented by uh, an excellent law firm um, called the Human Rights Law Alliance. They were set up uh, initially by Australian Christian Lobby. In fact, I, I was uh, on the board at the time when it was set up, not thinking that I would... Uh, I thought, well, maybe one day people like me could find themselves in trouble. I never thought it would happen so soon. And I can't say, Neil, how comforting it is to have that sort of legal representation. I would hate to be going through this on my own um, without a, a law firm that understands freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Lyle, let's come back to what drag queens represent because some people might be thinking, oh, it's a little bit of fun, a little bit like a Barry Humphreys character, a Dame Edna Everidge sitting in the library telling children some stories. So what's so wrong with drag queens telling stories to children in our publicly funded libraries? Well, these particular drag queens come as part of a a political agenda that's being brought by same-sex marriage activists and and by extension the whole LGBT uh, activism. So this this was never going to stop at redefining marriage and and of course we said that at the time. So the aim is to try and uh, indoctrinate children into queer theory Uh, So they present role models that are gender confused and and sow the seeds in children's minds that um, they may, you know, not be the boy that they are or the girl that they are, that they could be trapped in the wrong body and that it might be appropriate for them to do what their drag queen role model is doing uh, and that is change their gender. Now, of course, changing your gender means embarking, well, initially on social transition, uh, you know, boy wearing a dress, uh, vice versa, and then 
things like puberty blockers, uh, which uh, you know are known to have harmful side effects, as are cross-sex hormones, which are designed you know to allow a girl to grow whiskers, etc. Um, and then, of course, surgery, which which has been happening in in you know a, a small number of cases, but increasingly, uh, where you know a, a, a Teenage girl might have her breasts uh, cut off. Um, this this has been happening in Australia over the last few years. Uh, we have an epidemic now of children uh, attending gender clinics uh, around the nation uh, since the so-called Safe Schools program, uh, you know, became a thing about five years ago. It's gathered steam um, in the wake of the same-sex marriage uh, plebiscite as they've forced. Uh, gender fluid indoctrination into schools under the banner of safe schools in Queensland it's called respectful relationships where it's compulsory for kids to be taught that their gender is fluid this is happening now a lot of parents don't realize it. it's all documented you can find it on my on my blog and my website others have also documented it so this is why it's extremely dangerous that's one aspect Neil the other aspect is of course the hypersexualized nature of some drag queens um, they they are essentially adult entertainers they represent sexual libertarianism and expressionism and and a moral framework which you know is anathema to um, human flourishing it's anathema to um, you know marriage and family and loyalty and and the sort of stable you know structures that come from the, uh, you know a mother and father being loyal to each other it doesn't promote that idea of human flourishing at all of the family unit it says that there's another way to express yourself sexually um, which of course you know mitigates against the family I imagine that the type of drag queen that would be likely to be telling stories to children in a library is going to be someone who is quite an extroverted personality. And uh, as you say, and uh, just to pick up on this idea, adult entertainers, uh, people who are appearing in clubs, sometimes as comedians, uh, sometimes with all sorts of uh, acts that they might be involved in, uh, there's a difference, isn't there? It's not just someone who's, you know, come from their local community and a reclusive type of person, uh, just wanting to go down there and tell some nice stories for children. The type of people who are appearing are likely to be those uh, adult entertainer types. Well, well... Uh Many of them are, and, and that's well-known and well-documented. Um, they are people who go to adult clubs and, and perform you know, in, in ways that would be um, out there sexually, uh, uh, sexual expressionism in, in a way that's you know, different perhaps to the, the morality that um, you know, a husband and wife would pursue in the pursuit of raising their family. Now, you know, it's a free society. People can do what they like, and I, I, don't, you know, I have a view on that sort of thing, but... Uh, People are free to express themselves, but then to put a role model uh, like that who comes from that adult world of, of um, sexual expressionism, that, that out there sort of um, side of things, and put that in a library uh, reading to children uh, as some sort of a role model is, is just ridiculous. I mean, kids can Google these people's Facebook pages. Um, it's, it's not the sort of place uh, that you would send a child. It's not the sort of place... You know, most kids have access to Google. They have access to um, computers and the internet. Uh, if they're being uh, provided these role models and decide to Google who they are, um, they're in for a, a very unpleasant surprise. In fact, parents would be in for an unpleasant surprise. Well, I'm sure there'd be an argument there where the drag queens would be able to say, well, we can separate our persona. What happens in the adult club? Uh, we can change the way we present to children. Of course, we're not going to be uh, telling bawdy jokes or doing all sorts of things in the library while there are children present. Uh, I guess unless it's the type of reading material that they might choose to uh, read to children, I'm, I'm get your thoughts on that too, but this idea of separating the persona from the adult entertainer to just being the story time, you know, motherly type, that's the sort of thing that some people might think would be easily done. Well, you know, I guess you've got to ask the question, why do, they, why do you have to have drag queens to do that? Um, you know, there's all manner of people who can come and read to children. Of course, reading to children is a good thing. As Lauren Southern said on Sky News the other night, um, you know, in the same way you wouldn't bring, you know, a, a, a commando from the army to come and, and read to little kids uh, uh, as some sort of a role model because you don't want kids to be thinking necessarily about, you know, a, a career in um, assassinating people. Um, it's just not, there's things that are just not age appropriate. And so why you have to have, um, you know, these sort of personas, hypersexualized 
personas, um, gender-fluid advocates as role models uh, with children. It, I, I mean, I appreciate where you're coming from in asking those questions, and it's good to play devil's advocate, but I think we've got to see this for what it is. This is political indoctrination and ideological indoctrination of children at a very, very young age designed to confuse their little minds about what's right and what's wrong about gender and what's appropriate about how they might want to express their sexuality uh, as adults in terms of you know how they form families in the future. Lyle, after the news, let's come to what this might mean for the challenge that is confronting Australia right now around freedom of speech. Uh, Just briefly, have you got a thought or or two in the lead up to uh, the news? Uh, Freedom of speech issues here are in play. Uh, You're being accused of saying you're trying to make it into an issue of freedom of speech. Well, is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. If we can't discuss this... Uh, and have open debate, then it's just assumed that uh, only one side uh, should be heard and that only one side is is appropriate. Um, There is a very serious debate going on in this nation. Um, Only a few courageous people are engaging. One is Bernard Lane of the Australian newspaper who has been exposing uh, what's been going on in these gender clinics and how that's actually causing harm to children and how how, um, this medical practice of... of, um, of treating children who might be confused about their gender is actually hurting them. Uh, that's a live debate that's going on. It's a debate that the LGBTIQA plus political movement does not want discussed, and very few have the courage to discuss it. And because of these laws, uh, most people won't discuss it because they're afraid of being dragged off to a, a commission or a tribunal. And, and quite frankly, um, I can tell you it's not much fun. Not much fun. Our special guest this hour is Lyle Shelton, continuing our conversation after Vision National News. Wonderful to have you with us on this Friday edition of 2020. And if you are just joining us, I did give a little warning earlier, and I'll repeat that now. As a parent, you might want to shield little ears, if there are any children around, from our conversation this hour, because... Some of the things we're talking about you might not want to expose your children to. We are talking about some issues around drag queens this hour. You might even be a little stunned by the news that two drag queen performers are using the court system to protest a recent article written by Christian and family activist Lyle Shelton. It might be another example of how the courts have become weapons to be used against the Christian church. You'll know Lyle Shelton best for his leadership of the Australian Christian Lobby in the lead-up to the marriage campaign, where he was a leading spokesman in the No campaign uh, that led up to the Australian marriage plebiscite. Well, since leaving the ACL, he's had a tilter trying to win a Senate seat with the Australian Conservatives, and now he's back in the spotlight again for a couple of reasons. The first reason, the release of his new book called I Kid You Not, which I'd recommend you have a read of, Uh, talking about 20 years in the trenches of the culture wars, and the most recent developments after an appearance before the Queensland Human Rights Commission, the two drag queens are escalating their action against Lyle Shelton, taking him to another court, the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal, where their case is to be heard before a judge. The controversy is over whether or not he should be allowed to say why drag queens are not for kids. And if you know Lyle Shelton, he's not one to back down. He hasn't backed down through the conciliation process that happened in this first court. Uh, The next one, uh, that'll be a challenging time for him. Now, you might be listening to our conversation today. I want to encourage you. You can also look at our conversation. You can get an eye into the studio where Lyle and I are talking on our Facebook Live today. So there is a link when you go to facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Click on that link and you'll be able to see uh, the conversation today. I also want to mention that there's a question you can respond to. The question is, do you think publicly funded libraries are an appropriate place for drag queen performers to read stories to children. Have your say there, and uh, if you want to ask a question or have a comment, you can respond to that, and we'll try and do our best to mention some of those questions or comments just ahead. Uh, We've been talking about what drag queens represent, Lyle. Let me ask you uh, what you think the intent is, because 
there's a publicity issue here. The drag queens are saying, well, let's get some more publicity because drag queen story time should be just normal part of day-to-day life. Uh, some people might be saying, well, here's Lyle Shelton. He's refusing to conciliate. There's, that's going to raise publicity. And, you know, what might be ahead for Lyle Shelton? Well, who knows? Uh, but this idea of normalisation of drag queens, what are your thoughts around that? I think it's very dangerous. Um, I, I think if you indoctrinate children into the idea that... Um, Gender is fluid, as we've been talking about this um, last half hour or so. Uh, that that has dangerous consequences for children. And uh, there's many people who have uh, transitioned and changed their genders and, and realised that they've made a big mistake. They're, they're suddenly infertile as a result of the, the various treatments. Um, they've had surgery, which is irreversible. But the LGBTIQA plus political movement wants to normalise the idea that gender is just a social construct. So whether you're born with a penis or vagina uh, is immaterial. They say that gender is assigned at birth by that evil doctor or midwife who, you know, who who saw a penis when you were born and, and, and wrote boy on your birth certificate. No, no, that's 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 an evil thing um, because that, that's assigning something to a child before they even have the ability to work out whether they're a boy or a girl. I mean, it sounds fanciful, but this is what the LGBTIQA plus political movement believes. It's what the Safe Schools Program that they have uh, forced into schools, uh, respectful relationships here in Queensland. It's what it preaches. So this is why it's dangerous. And I just need to make the point, Neil, too. It's, you know, I don't want to divorce these drag queens from the idea that the fact that they are are people. Now, I think they're people with misguided um, political ideology and and moral philosophy. Uh, I hope I'm allowed to say that in this day and age, but they're still people. And I said this in the in the conciliation at the commission that they are created in the image and likeness of God. That's what I believe as a Christian. I believe that's the truth. Um, and so all people are are equal and all of value, but not all ideas are equal. And we uh, in the Western tradition have this idea of debate and free argument, so that we can contest things that are put forward for public policy, discuss it, and then settle on it. But unfortunately, the law is now rigged against free discussion. And instead of uh, debating me, um, the LGBTIQA plus political movement uh, doesn't have to debate. It can just litigate. So we're not talking about facts and biological science. We're talking about an ideological position. And uh, the interesting thing is, as you say, why can't we have an adult conversation and put the facts on the table and let people decide? But you've got an enemy situation. And uh, the assumption is because the drag queens make you an enemy that somehow or other your response would be that the drag queens become an enemy. And so when you say we're all created in the image and likeness of God, what you want to be able to have is a peaceful, fact-filled conversation, not one that's actually going to be weaponized. Exactly. Um, It's not about good people or bad people. Uh, it's about good ideas and bad ideas and what's appropriate um, for children in, in civil society. What I said at the commission, um, I, I, I drafted a, an opening statement. Um, and this is how the process works. Each party does that. And I've published my opening statement uh, on my website. People can go and, and read it. And, I, and I've tried to be very respectful to uh, those which are, are bringing the action against me. Uh, but I've wanted to engage in the substance of the debate. Now, unfortunately, this whole process, um, the substance of the debate is is not even up for discussion because the law is rigged in a way that uh, these very vague and subjective uh, terms under the Anti-Discrimination Act can be weaponized against someone who simply engages in debate. So people feel offended or vilified just because you have um, uh, criticised their ideas. Uh, they take it personally, and the law allows them to do that. And um, you know, it's a deeply flawed law. We tried to point this out during the marriage campaign. Uh, in fact, Senator James Patterson uh, and uh, Senator David Fawcett put forward amendments which would have defanged these anti-discrimination laws in a post-same-sex marriage world so that activists couldn't do what they're doing to people like me. Uh, Unfortunately, those amendments were voted down, uh, and and sadly, many people in the Liberal Party voted against those freedom of speech amendments, and as a result of that, uh, I'm now being um, taken to a tribunal. That that could have been fixed uh, in the wash-up of the same-sex marriage debate, but um, you know, politicians on both sides voted against free speech. 
I wonder what this means for the libraries, uh, which are run by local councils. Uh, in the case that we're talking about here, it's the Brisbane City Council, and the Brisbane City Council's given their assent that this uh, drag queen story time should continue. But are they under the same sort of uh, legal framework there where they wouldn't be able to refuse to have drag queen story time. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on on how the local level of government uh, actually is affected by these state or federal laws. Look, legally, they could refuse it if they had the moral courage. And and sadly, the Brisbane City Council, led by Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner, don't have the moral courage to say no to this. Now, I don't think they could get taken to a tribunal or a commission for for saying no. Um, But Because these laws are there and because no one wants to be considered a bigot or a bad person, which is the way this whole debate has been framed in the last 10 years or so, that if you... If you don't go along with um, the LGBTIQA plus, you know, rainbow political movement's agenda, then somehow you're a hater or a bigot. And and this is the thing that's grieved me the most about this debate. I've been involved in it for many years. I don't hate anyone. Um, I've met many of my um, antagonists uh, at parliamentary inquiries in the halls of parliament. Um, I've had meals with them. Um, you know, I, I'm very willing and keen to engage and have done on at a very civil level. But... In the media and in the public, they frame the debate as if you don't go along with it, you're an evil person. So when they rock up to the Brisbane City Council and say, hey, let our our LGBTIQA plus political activists read to children, no one wants to say no because no one wants to be called a a bigot. And, And I can tell you, today is We're at Purple Day, and I know people who are going into their workplaces today uh, because this is a celebration of, of all things, you know, same sex uh, and LGBTI, uh, that they're afraid of what they might say today in their workplaces um, because they're not wearing purple. Uh, I, I know people very close to me who are in this situation like now. We, we have this uh, pall of fear that's across our society against anyone who has a, has a diversity of opinion. And if you're not wearing purple, someone will ask you why. And that's where you are put on the spot as to give a reason why. And perhaps a good thing for people to understand that having a reason why is going to be important when these things come up. Hey, Lyle, I want to ask you about where you think things might be going in the future with this. Because is this just the next development or is this the start of a new phase? I'm aware that there are some new terminologies that seem to be coming in on the idea of drag queen story time, uh, on issues to do with the way marriage works. Uh, A couple of terminologies, I'll just get a thought or two from you. Uh, There's there's some new terms and I've noticed one called scuttle queens. So let's not call it drag queens, let's change the terminology. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on that. Another one, identical sex marriage in reference to the what happened uh, 2017, the the marriage plebiscite. But uh, any thoughts on changing terminologies and what that might mean for a future debate or where the LGBT movement might be trying to change things, to take things to a new level? Well, I think this is all about, you know, generating even more confusion in the minds of people and and trying to divorce um, the unsavoury aspects of of that which they're trying to normalise to try and divorce that from people's minds and and use language uh, in a way that um, smuggles in uh, a more sinister agenda. Now, you know, propagandists over history have always done this, have always manipulated language. George Orwell warned us about it, (laughs) Uh, but I I don't think anyone ever dreamed that what George Orwell was writing uh, back in the 50s and 60s would, would become so true so soon. Let me reflect a thought or two from listeners who've been responding to our Facebook question today. Christy says, anti-discrimination laws are in play. Does this anti-discrimination have two sides? Uh, Because it all does seem like a one-way street. What are your thoughts for Christy? Well, technically, um, Christy's right. Um, Many of these anti-discrimination acts do contain a clause that um, prohibits religious discrimination or, or some form of it. And now I'm, I'm not an expert and I know that it's, it's very deficient because this is something which uh, the federal government was exploring. Um, uh, but people like like us, you know, I, I believe in free speech. I, I, I mean, there's probably a million things on my Facebook page uh, written by trolls 
uh, and some of them high-profile trolls, um, you know, well-known people who participate in public debate in this country. And, yeah, I could probably take them off to a tribe. But I, I don't believe in that, you know, just because my feelings might be hurt. Um, I think there should be free speech. But, of course, this has all been weaponized. Traps have been set in the law quite deliberately to try and shut down uh, free speech. And, and that's what we're dealing with now. Carolyn says, hello, Lyle, totally support you and thank you for the truth. No, I don't. That's in response to our question today. Why do drag queens want to read to our children when they are adult entertainers, which are supposed to be for adult entertainment in adult places? What are your thoughts for Carolyn? Well, look, you know, as we were discussing earlier, this is about normalising, you know, sexual expressionism and a and a form of sexual morality. Um, now, People are free to live out whatever sexual morality they want. But um, I think most parents would hope that their kids would um, want to be, you know, moral people and and form a family, meet a husband and a wife and, and have children. But, of course, the sort of um, expression of sexuality that drag queens promote uh, is one that mitigates against civil society. Okay, let's uh, talk another uh, comment here. Paul says, this is an interesting one, do we have the same open opportunities to tell stories of people wanting to change back? Now, he's talking about uh, another issue perhaps there, or have had uh, trouble with their gender transition. Uh, that's, uh, That's a little slightly different issue, but what are your thoughts on that? Well, I know it's very difficult for those sort of people to get their stories out. Um, I had the privilege of meeting a a man called Walt Heyer who lived for eight years as a woman. Um, He had surgery that cannot be fixed anymore. Um, He transitioned back and uh, he he now goes around. He's an American, but uh, he's been out to Australia. Uh, There are many people like him who have what's now called transgender regret. And uh, this is becoming more and more of a live discussion. As I say, Bernard Lane in the Australian newspaper is starting to report on this. Virtually no other journalists in the country are covering this at the moment, so it's very significant that Bernard is, and he's been fearless. He's copped all sorts of abuse. This is a very abusive and vile political movement that will do anything to shut down dissenting opinion. They do not want to acknowledge that someone might want to change back or have regret for it. So if they can indoctrinate children very young... Uh, and then shut down the public discussion on this, uh, it's game over. And and that, of course, is their agenda. So we need more and more voices speaking out. It was great to see the former Deputy Prime Minister, John Anderson, quoted in one of Bernard Lane's articles today in The Australian uh, in relation to gender-fluid laws passed in the ACT yesterday. So this is coming... Um, It's a freight train that's coming down the road trying to crush all opposition in its way. A freight train coming. Tabitha says, how does having adult entertainment meet child safe standards? Uh, Any thoughts around a question like that? Well, look, they would argue that, you know, they have blue cards and all of that and, and, you know, those appropriate checks have been made. But that's that's not the point. Um, The point is, what is the example that these people are presenting? If if you're, you know, um, performing, you know, in a in a a gay nightclub or, or some other adult entertainment venue by night and then reading to children uh, dressed in character by day, um, of course, that's all about normalising uh, in the minds of children, uh, albeit perhaps without, you know, the, the um, salacious detail or whatever, but it's helping the children join the dots between the two in their own minds as as, as, um, as toddlers. And, and, you know, that's obviously not appropriate and and it should be allowed to be discussed and and not, you know, have that discussion shut down by a legal process. Lyle, something that came out almost accidentally in a conversation earlier this week, and I'll get your take on this because, uh, as I say, accidentally, and there's a, a whole story that goes along with that, but the accidental use of the idea of anti-conversion laws uh, used in what was happening, what was developing, what has already happened in the state of Queensland where the conversion laws uh, with uh, so far as gender goes uh, has already happened and then uh, as we say just last night in the ACT they've passed their uh, those conversion therapy laws in the ACT parliament. 
But the accidental use of the idea of anti-conversion laws, uh, as I pointed out to the person who made that comment, that is aligned with what we might see in other nations where they have what are called blasphemy laws. And we know that this works in some nations where uh, Islam is the primary governmental religion. And if anyone speaks against Islam, then they can be drawn before the courts because they have in some ways blasphemed against the religion of the nation. So to use that same terminology, anti-conversion laws, when it comes to this, are we seeing something very, very similar that is taking place now and may well, as you say, it's a freight train coming that we may all be subject to in a significant way in the future. Any thoughts here? Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said the freight train's coming. The freight train's here. Um, and we saw in Queensland just a few weeks ago um, this so-called anti-conversion. Let, let's be clear about what conversion therapy is and, 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 and isn't. Um, conversion therapy is not happening in Australia. Uh, Young gay kids are not being taken off to some church camp and given electric shock treatments or, you know, uh, whatever you saw in the Russell Crowe, uh, Nicole Kidman movie, Boy Erased. That sort of thing doesn't happen. Now, it may have happened in the past. I don't know. I've been a Christian all my life. I've never heard of this sort of stuff. And yet this is being used as some sort of a straw man to vilify uh, Christians and, and anyone else who, who, you know, has a different worldview to to um, the same-sex uh, crowd. Um so, so it's not happening, um, but what these laws have done is conflated um, those evil practices of so-called conversion therapy uh, and, and thrown in gender with it as well, so that a doctor or a, a health professional who perhaps says to a, a child, look, maybe you should wait and watch and, and doesn't immediately affirm their gender confusion, that becomes conversion therapy. So in Queensland now, a doctor can be jailed for, for 12 months, jailed, uh, for for not affirming a child and their gender confusion. The ACT legislation passed yesterday went a step further and uh, it actually criminalises parents, could jail parents who may not uh, offend, uh, affirm sorry, their child's gender confusion. This is really insidious stuff. It is a new religion. Uh, it's a rainbow religion. And um, they've now, they are now uh, further and further weaponising the law against good people um, uh, who don't fall into line with their ideology. It, it's frightening stuff. Well, Lyle, we are almost out of time. Let me finish on perhaps something that takes us a little deeper into where our Christian faith is in all of this. And some people would say, I wish I had a thick skin like Lyle Shelton, uh, able to stand up and able to argue. And uh, in some sense, there could be this idea that we argue these things on an intellectual level alone. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on digging deep in those wells of empowerment that come from the presence of God in our lives as Christian believers to be able to be bold, to be able to stand and to be able to present a, a, a position on truth. What are your thoughts about the, the need for Christians to draw deep on those wells of their own spirituality to be able to have the substance by which we can stand? Look, absolutely crucial. I mean, all of this is a spiritual debate. The idea that your gender is divorced from your biology, that that's a spiritual sort of, you know, this is an alternative religion that uh, is being presented to our society. So obviously we've got to um, draw from the, the true wellspring of spirituality, which is through Christ and through the Almighty, uh, the Almighty God. But I think we also need to realize that Christians all through history and, and from Bible times have always found themselves dragged before government tribunals. Jesus was dragged before a religious tribunal and then then, an, then a secular one with Pilate. So, you know, the, the Jewish religious leaders, they took him to a court, um, Pilate. Um, Paul, you know, found himself before uh, Felix and, and Agrippa, appealed to Caesar. Uh, Peter and John found themselves before the authorities. Uh, it goes on and on. And of course, church history shows this. So because we uh, have an allegiance to to uh, Christ, who's king of the world. <laughs> um, we obviously respect the secular authorities, and the Bible teaches us to do that. But our higher allegiance is to the true king, and who's the, the prince of peace, and who is, the, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So where uh, things don't line up with the truth, our allegiance is the one who is the truth, and, and that will always get us dragged uh, in front of 
uh, the authorities of those who are seeking an alternative truth. Well, Lance Shelton, we have to draw things to a close. Uh, Just want to mention uh, that listeners can continue to respond to the Facebook question today. Uh, Do you think publicly funded libraries are an appropriate place for drag queen performers to read stories to children? I do want to encourage listeners, too, to get a hold of your new book. It's called I Kid You Not... Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture Wars. Uh, You'll be able to find it at Christian bookstores. Uh, You can find that in the Vision store. Uh, Go through vision.org.au. You'll be able to find a copy of I Kid You Not. We'll have it in the mail to you in no time flat. I also want to mention a YouTube show that you are hosting on uh, what is a fairly new platform called The Good Source or Good Source News. And so your particular program airs on a Wednesday morning. People can stream that. It's at goodsource.news and uh, good, S-A-U-C-E, dot news. Good Source News, Wednesday mornings. And is that is it called a particular, is it just it's, it's it's called, a, Lyle's called, Moment to Shine? Yeah, yeah well, that's basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Lyle Shelton Show. I know that's very narcissistic, but um, Good Source News is a fantastic uh, new initiative by my friend Dave Pillow, who will be known to many of your listeners. It's cutting-edge alternative media, and there's a range of um, well-known uh, conservative commentators that are part of the Good Source community. Um, so I've got a show there, um, James McPherson, George Christensen, Karina Rockatel, a whole bunch of uh, leading lights uh, have got uh, shows there, Dave, of course. And um, it, 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 I think it's really exciting. Um, it's going to lift the bar on on uh, conservative and, and Christian commentary uh, in this nation and uh, take us to a new level because we're not being well served by the mainstream media. And just to return to a thought we had earlier that the appearance uh, b- before QCAT coming up could cost as much as sixty to $100,000 and people will shudder at that sort of cost. Is there a way that people can connect with you? Is there a way they can make a contribution towards that campaign? Yeah, look, thank you, Neil, for, for raising that. Um, look, I, I'm relying entirely on crowdfunding uh, to pay my lawyers. Um, this is a very expensive process. They need to be paid, obviously, and I need legal representation. So people can go to um, lyleshelton.com.au and uh, make a donation there. Um, all of the money that's being donated there is going towards uh, my legal defence, and I'd be so grateful for that. My opponents are funded by the Queensland taxpayer. Um, we uh, have to rely on uh, the good graces of people who believe in free speech. This is not about me so much, Neil. This is about the future of freedom of speech in our nation, and, and I hope people might contribute on that basis. LyleShelton.com.au. Jot that down and make a donation towards uh, what could be a very significant challenge for times ahead. LyleShelton.com.au. Lyle, uh, great getting your insights as always. I know that listeners will keep you in their prayers. And uh, thank you so much for, thanks for sharing your heart with us today. Pleasure, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.